Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a Triad production. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor. We typically take about 23,000 breaths per day. Most of the time we do so unconsciously, and for the most part, we get by. But what if there was a way to breathe better, more consciously, such that we can increase the control we actually have over our bodies, like being able to calm our nervous system, reduce our stress hormones, lower our heart rates, decrease our blood pressure, lower our anxiety, and reduce our stress levels, improve our sleep and our focus, increase our peace of mind, and extend our lifespan? All from breathing, you might ask? Well, the answer is yes, and it's all in the exhale. My guest today is Todd Steinberg. Todd is the president of Comoso Design, and this is a wellness company and the maker of The Shift, a necklace device that slows your exhale to calm your nervous system. Comoso Design was created in 2017 with a simple intention of providing people with a new tool to access peace of mind. Their mission is to become the architect of fashion wellness and transform lives in the process. We're excited to have Todd on the show today with us to talk about Comoso Design and their device, The Shift. Todd, it's so nice to have you. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Graham. Anytime I get the chance to talk about breathing, I'm excited. So if if there were 10 hours <laughs> to go straight into breathing, I would fill those 10 hours with conversation about it, but just happy to be here to share these concepts with you and your audience. I'm excited to be here with you too, just taking a breath as we start just together to enter this time. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I know Todd from learning more about you. There's a, there's a story behind Comoso and the inspiration and the design of this product, the shift, share the story with us, would you? Yeah. Thank you. So six years ago, I, I never thought I would be sitting here talking about breathing. I was in a completely different industry, student travel, managing college students, you know, doing these exotic trips into Mexico and in the Bahamas. And it all led to a discovery that really was unaware of until stress and anxiety started manifesting in not really sleeping well, waking up with anxiety, not really being present in relationships, feeling kind of disconnected. And it's interesting because I'm one of those people that considered myself, you know, a very, very high functioning person, you know, high processor. I'm always, my, my brain's always turning and, and I'm able to work through different bases. And, and that was a strength, right? Until I started to have these, these talks, these fun talks with my, one of my best friends, who's a psychotherapist. And he started to sense tension. He's like, yeah, I want you to realize, do you, do you realize that your shoulders are kind of lifted and <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're breathing into the top of your chest and, and, and I was like, oh, no, that's okay. I just have a high processor. And uh, kind of what we discovered on that journey was I uh, diagnosed or undiagnosed, I had high functioning anxiety. And for the most part, I think we all kind of live somewhere on that sure. where sure. the mind is always going. And I love that you started the, the talk about 23,000 breaths per day because we also have about 50,000 thoughts and mm. you know, 80% of those are found to be negative. So with me, I wasn't even aware because I was on this autopilot of like, yep, I have some stress and I have some some symptoms of that stress, but this is life. This is what we do. And even though we're not never taught how to manage thoughts, how to manage stress, how to breathe, we just kind of figure it out, which is the right. worst way to do it because there's no one teaching you how to do it from the wisdom and science of what we learned in you know hundreds and thousands of, of years in the past. 
So we fast forward to this one session where he's like, look, I understand. I can see that you're kind of in it right now. So I'm going to give you a little hack. And he reaches out to this Dunkin' Donuts coffee and pulls out a straw. He says, I just want you to breathe through this straw for two minutes. And I looked at him, you know, like he had three heads, like, there's no way I'm doing that. And he said, no, 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 seriously, it's, it's, it's interesting. I want you to try it. And as I breathe through this straw, just exhaling through the straw, within 30 seconds, it was heart rate coming down. My shoulders had, had just automatically relaxed. I felt kind of lighter floating. The, the stress had all kind of slowed down and I could feel- There was my, a noticeable difference. Notably, within 30 seconds. Yeah. So it was like, okay, you know, stop the music. What just happened and yeah. why did it happen? And that's when it was just this snowball effect of researching breath work and understanding what, what is happening in the body when the breath is slowed, specifically the exhale. And I had it all backwards. I thought it was like, oh, you have to learn how to meditate. This is what it's all about. And, and, and right. there's so much evidence evidence there with gray matter and all that. And, and I was always fascinated by it. But when I learned that it could be as simple as breathing better to feel better and feeling empowered by just breathing better, because it's hard to control all of these thoughts, right? But we can control your breath. Now you're in a different space. Now you're in a space where you're empowered and you have that momentum to say, hey, like, you know what? Maybe I do have some control about how I feel, what my yes. mental state is. And maybe that's the first domino that I can tip that's going to result in reversing that catastrophic thinking or slowing down that wheel so I can actually sit with myself in peace and sleep, have a conversation, be creative, tap into a flow state, be the best person that I can be. So amazing that it all started with a straw, but that's the story. I really love the idea of tipping the first domino with a breath. In my clinical practice, I work with obviously a lot of anxiety. And and the way that I define anxiety, it's, it's the perception of a threat and the perception that I'm not going to be able to manage that threat. The key word in that is perception, You know what we assign to that and what we think about it. But typically, the, the idea is, is, is around what you just mentioned, is we don't feel empowered. We don't feel control. And oftentimes, when we don't feel control, we start to do that chest breathing, that kind of shoulder breathing that doesn't get that diaphragmatic air brought down into it. And yeah. what we begin to do, we un unnecessarily, we begin to kind of, kind of in a minor way, hyperventilate. We become, we, we kind of unnecessarily stress ourselves with that inhale that gets to be without a good exhale to expel, you know, what we need to expel. And so this idea is that we can instill control, not even cognitively, but just with a behavioral technique with just the proper kind of an exhale. What a nice place to get the dominoes tipped from the very beginning. Yeah. And just to get you one step further, what if Go. that response becomes a habit? You yeah. know, like, and that's what I'm here to talk about is, is how do we form this habit of breathing better, right? How do yeah. we do it? Because it's kind of embarrassing that, at least for me, my, you know, my habits are, let's just talk about brushing teeth, right? Like yeah. religiously, twice a day, I'm brushing my teeth. But what am I doing for myself just once a day for my right. mental wellness? And that's where I, I ask people dead on and say, look, like, what are you doing? What's, what's happening every day or, or twice a day that you're doing for your mental health? And I get deer in the headlights because- we're not trained to do it. And, you know, people are doing great things with walking and journaling and yoga and, and exercise. But what are we committing to every single day, morning and night, that's helping us unpack what's happening mentally throughout the day? So that's where the concept was born is, what if it's something physical? And what if that physical thing has a utility that's worn and that doesn't connect to tech? And I, I'll go on and on about, well, you know, how, how unhealthy tech can be with all these notifications. But you know, we need to get back to stillness. 
And stillness of the mind means that if we can start with breathing and understanding that we're breathing and focusing on breathing, we're present, we're here, we're now. And if that state is achieved, my goodness, everything else gets easier because now you're starting from a strong base. And I think that the most important thing that we stumbled upon, and again, I didn't mean to do this. It wasn't, this wasn't the intention. The intention was just to help myself feel better. I stumbled upon it, you know, here we are, but it isn't even so much the breathing, it's the awareness of the breathing. Mm-hmm. And my partner, who's who continues to help us on this path, he defined it as, you know, and sure, the audience knows about this, it's called interoception. And it's just getting better at feeling what you feel. Because if you can understand where you are, like there's this radar, you know, like on your body of like, oh, the chest is tight, or my palms are sweaty, tongues on the roof of my mouth, shoulders. It's that self-awareness ring. and that mindfulness, isn't it? Bingo. So if we can get better at that, the breathing is easy. Breathing is easy. It's just that first step that gets so hard. That's so cool. You know, you're talking about the the shift itself. I want to just just quickly name it because I love the, I know there's a story also, an inspiration behind the name Komoso and also the shift itself. Give us a quick story on that and and why you chose the name Komoso. Yeah. So Komoso actually, it's interesting. So shortly after we had the, the, straw incident. My wife and I were out walking into an art fair and we saw a gentleman selling these flutes, looked like old ancient flutes. And he started telling the story and he's like, oh, look, there's this group of monks in Japan, 17th century Japan that used these flutes called the shakuhachi. And it was the origination of meditation for them just to use a physical object to breathe and meditate for them to create its song. And for us, it was like, wait a second, there's ancient wisdom here with meditation and an object. And then there's the modern science of the longer exhale to stimulate the parasympathetic. So what if we combine those two things and make it wearable? And that's when we said, well, I don't think people are going to carry on a a 14 inch flute with them all day. What if we made it, you know, simple, minimalistic, and something that is worn around their neck, over their heart, that can serve as a reminder and a tool. And it's called the shift because it shifts your breath to shift your mind. Really good. You have some beautiful Japanese characters on there that indicate what you just said a moment ago, learning how to be able to be still, to instill that place of stillness. So to be still, that's the cool characters on the bottom of the of the shift itself. And it is a really sleek and very fashionable, beautiful, beautiful design. And you guys put a lot of work into that. It's a it's an elegant piece of jewelry that has this other cool function that's a really kind of cool secondary gain here. Let's talk about the shift itself. Describe it for us. And explain what it does. So the shift is really, really simple. It is a necklace worn to slow your exhale, to trigger your nervous system to be calm. And the way it works is, you know, I say there's two kinds of breaths. There's rescue breaths and there's preventative breaths. So wherever you are in that scale of fight or flight or rest and digest, there's always a need for a, you know, for a longer breath. So let's just take a preventative breath, for instance. You wake up in the morning. Like me, first thing I'm doing is reaching for my phone and then I'm met with, you know, 37 different notifications. So I'm launching within two seconds of my day into immediate stress. <laughs> That's the first domino. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. There you go. Back to the domino. So instead of yeah. that first domino causing stress, start with a deeper breath. So all it is, is taking a nice deep inhale through your nose and then allowing the exhale to flow through the shift. And if you can hear it, it sounds like this. And what you're hearing is just the sound of breathing, yeah. but you know it doesn't create a noise. It's not a whistle. We're not trying to distract anyone with 
sound or spinning or anything that that distracts the brain, it has one purpose, and that's to guide your nervous system back into a relaxed state through the vagus nerve. So when you're extending your exhale, you are doing that for your mind and body. And within three to four breaths, you're able to actually access that state of mind. So you fast forward to maybe a rescue breath where you're in the afternoon, you're sitting in traffic, you're aggravated. Now you can feel your heart beating faster, you're tense. Obviously, you're kind of in it. And that's where the rescue breath comes in. And it's the same exact breath. Now, obviously, the longer the exhale on the state of where you are, it's going to get you to a calmer place because you never know where you are on that on that fight or flight scale. But yes. within five breaths, you're able to transform your state of mind. And that's the right. tool is just always there. It's always around your neck to guide you into that state. There's no notifications. There's no tech. There's no vents or flaps or sensors. We intentionally did this in a simple way with the engraving on the back of the kanji for the Japanese saying, you know, be still, because we want people to come back to a time when you, you can depend on yourself to be calm. You can, you can use this weapon that's built yeah, I love it. that's breathing. It's just utilizing it in a way where with a tool, it becomes easier and habitual. I was just jotting that down in my head too, this idea that what you're allowing folks to do is to recognize that they can instill control in whatever environment they're in, despite the level of control that's going on around them, whether it's traffic or you know, a difficult day or a stressful set of thoughts, whatever it may be. We feel like I'm only going to be as good as the next incident I have to kind of deal with versus I can bring control into any moment that's going on. And if I can, if I can put myself and kind of realign myself in a controlled state, kind of reset that cornerstone, if you will, I can probably deal more more effectively with most things, even if they're difficult. At least I'm coming from a place that is in control, that has got my blood flowing, my heart rate low, my blood pressure down, my eyes open and, and ready to go. I can manage most situations better in that state than in a stressed state that I'm maybe not conscious of. Of course. And I think one of the most interesting stories, at least in my life, was when my wife was in labor with our first child. You know, she practiced all of these Lamas te techniques and, and yoga breathing. And when, when the pain came in, when the contraction started, it was the mind just goes blank and that cortisol oh, yeah. just fogs the mind. So she just forgot how to do it. So it's like, hey, use your shift. It was hanging right around her neck. And, and we, have, we have pictures of this, of her using the shift to guide her into a better place. And I think that's where the physicality of yes. Equus comes in is that we can try to remind ourselves all day to breathe. Yeah. But because those 23,000 breaths are offline, it's part of the autonomic nervous system. Yeah. We don't come to that place where we're actually utilizing that breath. So it's having that physical reminder to say, oh, yeah, that's right. This is how it works. And anyone that's been in a stressed state of mind or, or has anxiety knows that it's just it's hard to tap into that state of mind whenever you need it. And we work with a lot of therapists, too, who also say that okay. they spend so much time with their patients and clients teaching them techniques, but yes. once they step out of that office, how much of that is retained? And right. it's like when that car door closes, what are you walking away with? And if you can have right. an anchor that can right. at least trigger calm immediately, then maybe it all starts to come together. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Whether you're a longtime or first time listener to Behavioral Health Today, you're probably familiar with Triad, the company that brings you this podcast. But you may not know that Triad also hosts a community for current and aspiring behavioral and mental health professionals, featuring trending content and education and career resources, all for free. If you are a behavioral or mental health professional, or you're studying to become one, 
Join more than 80,000 people on Triad by claiming your free professional account today. Visit us at hellotriad.com slash bht. That's hellotriad.com slash bht. And join the Triad community today. Yeah, I like that. I think you've got a whole new market with labor and delivery right there. I think that's wonderful. But I think you have to have a, a matching set so the fathers have one as well to be able to breathe and they don't pass out. What I'm appreciating, though, is that this is not a, a new technique or a skill set that I've got to learn and master anew before I can experience some benefit. Our breathing, it, it's something we're already doing. It's It's natural. But what you're doing is adding the conscious practice facilitated by the shift to ensure that there's a proper technique that's taking place behind the breathing itself. And it's going back to that first domino. I'm somebody, I think I'm like most people who a lot of, you know, we're talking in early January here, everyone has their New Year's resolutions. Everyone's trying to transform their their health and their mental well-being. Yeah. It's intimidating. And I remember <laughs> trying to learn meditation and trying to understand all these different techniques. And I need to be in a place where I can sit cross-legged and, and my back's got to be straight and I have to dial into this music. It it got to the point where I was only doing it, you know, once a week right. and and then it gave it up. So I'm too stressed. Too right. stressed. It's, it was too much. So it's like, how do we how do we get to a place where it's so simple that it's like brushing your teeth? And that's yeah. what we kept coming back to simplicity, 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 simple tool, yeah. simple technique. Let's learn one breathing technique. And yeah, just actually focused, I don't know if any of you guys follow Andrew Huberman, a Stanford scientist. He just had a study released last night on his Instagram that that if you're going to practice meditation or breath work, five minutes of what he calls structured breath every day was more powerful and healing than five minutes of meditation. So it's like, now we're, we're still coming back there to breath. And the one breath that he mentioned was this, it's a double inhale. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, yes. And then empty out the breath all yeah. the way out. And yeah. what are we doing? We are oxygenating our system through through the nose with nitric oxide, with the inhale through the nose, and then we're emptying it out with a longer exhale. And wouldn't you just know like that longer exhale is tied yeah. to, you know, the relaxation response. So it's, it's just really a good. beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that research and I've seen his, his techniques and that double breath, I believe is really to ensure the the full volumization of a diaphragmatic breath rather than more kind of a chest breath that we do when we're stressed or we're not you know we're not conscious we take these little short you know shoulder breaths a little chest breath like you were saying earlier but the double breath uh, and bringing them very deeply is to ensure that coming through and you know you're talking about the simplicity of the shift but I don't want to miss that as you're intimating here there's a science that supports the benefit of proper breathing with the focus being on the importance of the exhale, go in just a little bit more about the science and why the exhale component is so significant and critical in the breathing process. Yeah. So it's funny because most people that, you know, we're out there having conversations with the community and most people don't value breath, right? It's yeah, sure. I can take a deep breath whenever I want. And yeah. I always ask people like, well, let me see what that deep breath looks like. <laughs> right. Exactly. And they show me and it looks like this. Yeah. Shoulders. Yep. Right. Shoulders up and it's a shoulders and you're yes. shrugging. Right. And it's one, right. It's, it's one breath and we're, we're good. Take a deep breath, everybody. Right. Like that's a cliche, man. I, I really wish that was never a cliche because one breath doesn't do anything. It's the, you know, it's the collection of breaths and it's leading up to six breaths per minute that, that if yeah. you read a, a book about breath, 
please pick up James Nestor's breath. It's incredible. It talks about all these different scientific experiments and, and studies that get to why breathing can help you live longer, deeper. I mean, reduce blood pressure. It, you know, we start talking about heart disease being the number one killer in, in the US. Well, you know, breathing can help that and factor yes, in it can. It's not just an opinion. That's actually backed by science. Absolutely. So, right. So back to the science of it, the way that's easy to understand, at least the way I learned it was the inhale can be the gas pedal and the exhale can be the brake. So if you're taking even breaths, you know, like what I've learned from several of these studies is that if you're taking the even breath of five in, five out, that's creating about six breaths per minute. And that's basically where you want to to breathe, to live, to have that equilibrium. However, if you're in a heightened state, and this is the most important part is that the exhale, because it's the break and because it communicates directly with your brain through the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic nervous system is yeah. that you are sending a signal to your brain saying, Hey, whatever was happening, you know, your amygdala kind of picked up a signal of there is a life-threatening grizzly bear outside of my door. Mm -hmm. It's going to cause the heart rate to, you know, to increase the blood pressure, to increase muscles to tense, cortisol and adrenaline to pump out of your brain, that's going to make your breath short, shallow, and focus on the inhales, right? Because you need that. Right. The opposite of that is the exhale being extended. That is the signal saying, hey, everything's fine, false alarm, or let's get back into rest and digest. That balanced state, that, that rest and digest state can be accessed simply by a series of longer exhales. That's really good. I'll show you a little personal story. I dealt with atrial fibrillation for about 20 years, and I didn't realize that I probably should have gotten the ablation surgery that I finally did. I think it was in 2013. It changed my life in terms of being able to manage things. And I'm fairly athletic and typically do a lot of things. But what happened was I was playing a basketball game. I was very depleted and just energy drained. And I took some of that goo stuff for some energy and I just popped myself into atrial fibrillation. I didn't know what it was. And it really changed my life in terms of limiting some things that I would do. And I still exercise, I still do things, still compete, but I was always cautious. I could pop myself into atrial fibrillation. Well, what I learned is that the exhale was really critical. It was what, is exactly what you're saying right here, Todd. It was just excellent. If I could control my exhale, it can really benefit keeping my parasympathetic nervous system activated even during active times. I mean, in a sports event, I want to be intense. I want to have a level of arousal that allows me to compete, but I don't want to be in that autonomic fight or flight state. I paddle right now. And what happened was we were doing some sprints last year and it's a half mile sprint and you come out of the gate, just 110 miles an hour kind of thing. And I realized that in a couple of those races, I popped into AFib because I got very anxious, properly so, because it's going to be a sprint. But what I found was if I could control my exhale, the very things you're talking about right now, if I could control my exhale, I could keep myself in a parasympathetic state, para, paramedic, parasympathetic, paramedics make things better. Paramedic, the, the parasympathetic nervous system kept it low and calm while I was going as fast as I could. So I tried to match the two things. And that's exactly what you're describing here, that we can stay in this state, even if we have to be in a place of arousal, we can hold both at the same time if we know how to breathe properly and we control that breath. Yeah, that's a wild story. Thank you for sharing. So I run and I realized I started experimenting with breathing techniques while I run. Yeah. And I started realizing that shutting my mouth while I run yeah. oxygenated my blood better and allowed me to go for a longer duration. But yeah. because I was able to slow my exhale during that run, I was able to lower my heart rate. That's and you, so would think you need more energy, right? Like exactly. Yeah. Actually the opposite. If you can live in a, in a more of a relaxed state, your body burns energy slower, right? 
So you're able to hold on to more of that. And then you talk about free diving. It's used in so many sports and so many different athletes actually use our shift because it's the anxiety. Talk about anxiety, right? With even rowing, you're thinking about what you're doing. You're thinking about your shot before you shoot it. That's sending a message to, you know, your muscles and that whole system saying, Hey, be careful, beware. There's a threat coming. And it's sensing yeah. threat, activating your muscles to be, behave in a certain way that you're burning more oxygen. And now you're, right. you're in a heightened state and you're not going to be, right. you're not going to be at your best because you're not aligned. Yeah. And sometimes those threats are just, you know, you, I've, I've got to make this basket or I'm, I've got to make this run or we're in a heightened state and that's okay. We, we need to stay at a level of arousal. Yerkes Dodson came up with that bell-shaped curve model. And the idea that our, our best performance happens when we're at the top of the bell-shaped curve. We're not on the we're not on the downward side because we don't get enough motivation to to actually perform well. But if we go over the top and down the other side, then we're too highly stressed. So the idea is to keep it right up there at the top, like like about eleven and one o'clock, if you will, in that bell shaped curve, and we can keep it there in a relaxed state. And that's what most people describe as you know athletes talk about the zone. That's when you're in that zone. You're unconscious. All your body functions are going. Everything is flowing. And I can see how with your product here and what you're what you're coaching us through here is. If we can regulate that breathing, we're going to be able to stay in that zone all the better. So I think it's a, a, a really cool science behind this. I'd love you to walk us through just a little tutorial on the steps of breathing with a shift and kind of the four steps you walk us through. Take us through that. Of course. So and thank you for asking. This is a, it's such a simple process, yet it's a, you'd be amazed at how, how people can get it wrong, right? Because <laughs> while it's a simple tool, I think the first question is, okay, am I inhaling through it or exhaling through it? And right. Just to reiterate, it is an exhalation tool, but it's the series of the breaths that really make a difference. So like what makes up a, a great breath is the quality of the inhale and then the quality of the exhale. So the inhale, like we were talking earlier, you want to take a nice deep inhale to engage your core, right? And what does that mean? Some people call it belly breathing. I think it's just the diaphragm being engaged too. If you're doing it right, is the diaphragm expands, right? So if you put your two hands on your rib cage or on your belly, you want to feel that expanding out. And I think you would demonstrate it earlier. The wrong way is kind of like shoulder breathing, where if you're seeing your shoulders <laughs> rise while you breathe, you're probably you know breathing too much into the upper chamber of your chest. So it's simple, deep, deep inhale through your nose to fill that tire diaphragm with air. A pause. And then you're going to just allow the air to escape through the shift like this. Yeah, And what the tool is doing is taking what's normally about a one to two second exhale and it's taking it into a five, six, seven, eight second range, which yes. that multiplied by five is sending that signal right on that super highway between your, your lungs and your brain saying, hey, we're in a really relaxed state right now. And that doesn't mean a sleepy state. It doesn't mean that you're trying to gear up to, to take a nap. It just means that your prefrontal cortex can can kind of come together, can unite the two hemispheres of your brain for unity, right? So that you're actually getting the clarity to do it. So it's just a simple deep inhale, pause, and then exhale yeah. through it. You don't need to blow. You don't need to break the breath in any particular way. And it was actually measured by our partner, who's a psychotherapist that had, had used several hundred pieces of wood to carve out different size holes, oh, yeah. all these different drill bits. And we got to a place where through testing with his patients and himself and testing heart rates, that we found that there was an ideal circumference and length to the piece. So this is not just a random straw. It's, no. it's it is there, no. there is some science behind this in that if you can get to that 
five, six, seven, eight Excel marker, you're doing it right. I want to go back to something real quick. I, I know it wasn't just by chance and grab a, you know, grab a strong suck and breathe. It's, it's, it's much more intentional and sophisticated behind that. Two things, why breathe through the nose first? And then secondly, going back to the science just a wee bit, that vagus nerve, something very central to our body's functioning, gets activated in this process of the exhale. Tell us about that part. Uh, this is where it's so fascinating. I get excited to talk about it. So again, no one ever taught us how to breathe, right? Yeah. So our mouths are meant for talking and eating, right? It, it was not meant for breathing. So when you breathe through the nose, the first thing you're doing is you're opening up your nasal cavities. So you're actually using your nose for what it's meant for. Second is you you have thousands of these cilia, these little hairs in your nose that are picking up you know, any sort of toxin in the environment that's getting filtered out first. So think of your nose as a filtration system for the air to come in. The next thing that's happening is the air is being warmed up. So either you're, you know, in air conditioning or you're outside and it's cool. The lungs like nice warm air, not not a blast of, of cold. So when it hits your, you know, your diaphragm and your lungs, there's more nitric oxide, which is yeah. which is opening up the blood vessels to absorb more oxygen. And it goes into a lot more science, but that's that's the basic understanding that that when you when you practice this time and time again, and people are using tape, mouth tape to cover their mouths when they sleep because it leads to sleep apnea, snoring. I mean, it's changing. Read this book by James Nestor. I'm telling you, it's a life changer. There are studies that show that it changes the shape of your mouth, which wow. closes up your nose. I mean, when you're not breathing effectively, you're you're signaling everything to happen through your mouth, which is the wrong way to do it. So that's that's the nose side really of it. good then the vagus nerve is is really cool because again never learned about this in physiology anatomy biology but it's this nerve that extends throughout your whole body connecting your organs that can be stimulated in many different ways one really cool way aside from breathing is in addition to breathing actually in concert with breathing is to hum hum any way you can create a vibration which is hard mm -hmm. to do you know, internally, but if you can, you know, if you're, if you've ever seen someone do a cold plunge in mm -hmm. ice water, you might see them take a breath that's, oh, yes, they're doing that intentionally because the, the vibration is actually stimulating, you know, a stronger response from the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve and the parasympathetic, which the rest and digest their buddies. So they're enabling the brain and the body to feel calmer in whatever state you need, if you're trying to fall asleep, or if you're nervous about a meeting or a presentation, or you're just in line at Starbucks and it's taking Perfect. forever, and you're just right. kind of annoyed and irritated, you can intermediate. You can immediately intercept that feeling as yeah. long as you're understanding what's happening. Right? Oh, I'm frustrated. <laughs> you can right. get right into that state of mind by activating the vagus nerve through that longer exhale. That's so good. I was reading your resources that you use. You have research from Harvard and Berkeley and Michigan and JAMA and NIH and other studies finding the benefits of this proper breathing and all, all, all supporting what you're doing and the research behind what is the best circumference and making it intentional that way. And the decreased you know, cardio risks, the improved immune function, the anti-inflammatory effects that come from this, anti-anxiety benefits that one gets to deal with. And and I do a lot of breathing in my practice with folks and teach them how to I do kind of a four, seven, eight, you know, breathe in for four seconds, hold it for seven, yeah. exhale for eight. Because what I'm doing in those moments is teaching them that in that moment of feeling out of control, they actually have control over going back to your word, kind of that first domino. If I could put that in place, I recognize that I can get, I can get through this moment that feels so much out of my control, but I, I have more control than I realize. So all the research behind this, I'm curious, you know, we're kind of coming into the home stretch here, but who are some of the folks that you find purchasing the shift and 
What are they oftentimes dealing with in their day-to-day and the feedback you're receiving from them incorporating this shift into their lives? Let me start by saying this. Most people we come in contact with don't believe it. That's why we have to show the Harvard studies and the medical journals, because it sounds too good to be true. You're telling me that I can breathe. I already breathe. What do you mean I can breathe to feel better? And I understand it. I was the skeptic at first as well, because it doesn't seem like it makes sense. How can I just change my breath and feel good? That's that's too good yeah. to be true. But when you actually, that's why I said, all right, well, breathe with me. Let's do it for two minutes. And you just see the look on their faces when it's like, wow, this is mm-hmm. actually real. It's it's not like witch magic. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's rooted in science. But I, I, I love that that it's, the universality of breath is something that I, it fascinates me and that we designed this for mostly for everyday people, but we thought that it would mostly be adopted by people who do yoga. They understand breathing. They use breathing with yoga and you know, low ceiling, let's go after that. And it ended up that we were getting people with COPD, people who wanted to quit smoking, professional athletes, professional actors who are on anxiety medication kids, eight, nine years old who were just struggling in school with, with, you know, anxiety disorder or emotional regulation. We had doctors. There's a funny story about a woman who came into the ER with a panic attack. She thought it was something else. It was actually a panic attack. And the ER doctor actually had one of our shifts in his pocket and said, Hey, why don't you just use this for two minutes? She came right down and they were able to get her into, into a peaceful state. So what's wild is if you're breathing, this can benefit you in whatever persona you are. Because look, we all experience stress. We're all in that state of mind, you know, intermittently throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So who is really anybody who experiences, you know, a heightened state of mind and who can benefit from a more relaxed breath? Yeah, Todd, that's so good, man. You know, I would love, Todd, for uh, folks to have the opportunity to follow up with our podcast today and to find out more about you and what you and Vanessa and your partner are doing with Kumosal and, 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 and the shift itself. Let us know how folks can get in touch with you to take a look at the product. Your website is phenomenal. Talk about research. Holy cow. Pages and pages of things supporting the use and building upon what we're talking about today. So how can folks get in touch with you? Yeah, thank you. So you can either come to our website, which is Komuso Design. That's K-O-M-U-S-O. Or you can just Google the shift breathing tool. Nice. It's easier. It'll take us right to our site. And I, I want to add this because I do love interacting with customers, therapists, wellness leaders. And my email is easy. It's just Todd, T-O-D-D, at camusodesign.com. We have an affiliate system for therapists and wellness leaders that want to recommend the product to cool. their customers and clients and, and, and patients. We love that relationship because it allows us to actually offer the education through someone that is that understands the process and and, yes. and benefits of breathing so it's not just a you know a trinket or an accessory it can change your life if you let it and it can be that first domino that allows you to reverse how you feel anytime you need it really good we're going to put that up on our website as well well todd you guys are enabling us to be more aware of the importance of our breath and providing us with a reminder to breathe and assisting us in creating a habit of better breathing. So thanks for this great product. And it's been great to have you on the show today. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Dr. Graham, it's my pleasure. Anytime I can talk breathing, I'm extremely happy. So thanks for the opportunity. Look forward to having you back on. I know you guys have got a number of other products as well, including 
a journal tool, a bracelet, a care kit. Maybe we can have you back and we can talk more further about those products as well, including maybe other things you guys are coming up with in terms of these designs for folks to benefit from something physiologically so beneficial. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, anything off the grid, we, we like to get people off of their phones and into their bodies with journaling, breathing, and thinking better to breathe better and feel better. And the next product is actually going to be a product for children. So look nice. for that in about okay. six months. <laughs> look forward to, well, we're going to have you back when we can talk about that when it comes out. Thanks again for being here, Todd. Thank you so much, Dr. Graham. All right. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for joining Todd and me today. It's been great to have you with us. It always is. And I want to remind you that this episode, its resources, and all of our other shows can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com slash BHT. So check out our webpage if you would, triadhq.com slash BHT and explore our archive of podcasts and resource materials. Thanks again for being with us on the show. And we'll look forward to having you back with us next time on Behavior Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community. And if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.